Thank you, uh, Pastor Yinming, uh, for this invitation. Yeah, uh, I come from uh, Bible College of Malaysia right now. So I have been there since 1992. So I want to bring you greetings from Bible College of Malaysia, and I want to thank uh, your church. Uh, some of you uh, may not perhaps be aware of this, but your church is one of our very faithful supporters. All right, and uh, Pastor Yiming, of course, is uh, currently one of our board members as well. And uh, so, uh, thank you to this church for your faithful support because BCM really uh, is a faith ministry. Uh, the, the fees uh, that we charged uh, are insufficient to, base, to cover uh, our expenses. And uh, we depend on uh, love offerings, particularly from individuals and churches. And so, uh, we are very thankful for your church in so, uh, being so faithful in uh, giving. Yeah, it seems to have a problem. Mm. Okay. All right. So, this morning, let us turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14. This is a very familiar portion of scripture. Uh, it's Jesus walking on the water. Uh, I entitled it Great Faith, Little Faith. Matthew 14, reading from verses 22 to 33. Ah, big enough to see, huh? Um, this passage of scripture is... Uh, just after the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. But just a little bit uh, before the feeding of the 5,000 is a very sad thing that happened, and that is John the Baptist was killed. He was basically executed, uh, his head chopped off. In those days, that is how they execute people, chop your head off. So uh, John the Baptist, of course, is the the person sent by God as a forerunner of Jesus, getting the people's hearts ready to hear or receive the, the message of the Messiah. And he was a very godly man. In fact, he was so godly, he's, uh, everybody knows he's the righteous prophet of God. But he come to a terrible end. He got his head chopped off in his prime. Um, he was in prison. He, he never got up. And uh, so his head got chopped up. Then after he died, uh, Jesus uh, did a miracle uh, out there uh, beside uh, the Sea of Galilee. He, he used uh, a small boy's lunch and fed 5,000 people. And then today, verse 22, immediately, that means after the feeding of the 5,000, and uh, immediately Jesus made the disciples, the word made there actually has the idea of compel, you know, like insist very strongly. Uh, obviously, the disciples were a bit uh, reluctant to, to do what Jesus tell them because Jesus wanted them to go ahead of him to the other side of the lake while he dismissed the crowd. So imagine this few thousand people here and Jesus says, you know, to his disciples, you'll go ahead, all right? You'll go to the other side without me. I, I'm going to stay back and I'm going to dismiss the crowd. And of course, the disciples of Jesus were devoted to Jesus and they must have said like, no, no, God, Lord, we, we can wait for you. No problem, right? 
in those days, no, no, no need to hurry, not going anywhere anyway. No need, we, we just wait for you. And Jesus said, no, you go. All right, so he compelled them to get into the boat, go ahead of him to the other side of the lake. Then verse 23 says, after he, there is Jesus, dismissed the crowd, he himself went up to a mountain to pray. And he must have been there quite long because uh, it says that he was there at night praying. And then by that time, the boat was already quite far away, all right, uh, struggling uh, at quite a distance from the land. And they were struggling because they say that the boat was buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So they were trying to you know, struggle and struggle and they were getting nowhere because the wind was so strong against the boat. Next slide. Then, as they were still struggling and struggling and struggling, it says that shortly before dawn, um, the literal meaning is uh, fourth watch of the night, which is about uh, between 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Huh? So just to give you an idea is that uh, when Jesus dismissed the crowd, obviously there must be still some daylight because how are you going to go back, right? Because in those days, everybody walked. So let's say about maybe 6 something in the evening, all right, where still, you know, got a bit of daylight for people to go home. And uh, Jesus already tell the this, uh, tell the disciples, you, you all go ahead, you all go ahead. I need to stay back, dismiss the crowd. So let's say they get in, after all the dilly-dally, they get into the boat by 7 o'clock at night. From 7 p.m. until, let's say, around 4 a.m. How many hours? Ah? Want to start calculating a lot. Want to take out your, start your fingers. How many hours? Ah? Eight to nine hours. Ah, oh? All right, eight to nine hours. All right, depending, it is from 3 to 6 a.m., depending which time. Ah? Maybe eight to nine hours. Would you like to struggle, try to row the boat for eight hours? Getting to a place where you could have easily gone there much earlier, but you were struggling, struggling, struggling because the wind was, the word buffeted literally means, can be used as a word like torture. That means like the wind was torturing the boat. That means it was so difficult, all right? The disciples by that time would be nearly exhausted. Because they were, they were literally felt that they were being tortured also because they were getting nowhere, all right, as they struggle and struggle. And then all of a sudden, that time, you know, maybe just you got a, uh, don't know whether there's any light uh, near dawn or not. Maybe, you know, if it is about five, six o'clock, maybe there was a bit of light. Then they saw this thing walking, you know, you know. So imagine it's the sea, all the, the wind would be blowing and uh, the waves would be, you know, quite, you know, tossing the boat. And then all of a sudden, out there, you see this thing walking. And the men, all of them men, uh, they were so scared. They said, it's a ghost! And they cry out in fear. Now, usually men don't cry out in fear. Women go, ah! But men, you know, steady, steady. But you must understand that these poor men, they struggle about eight, nine hours. Uh, any man also, uh, when you're totally exhausted, uh, your emotions also get, you know, it, it's not as calm as when everything is fine. You know, you're, and by that time, perhaps they're also worried about their lives. Like, Jesus is not here, you know, no miracle, all right? And uh, we are struggling and don't know whether we make it or not. All right, and all of a sudden, they see this thing walking. So you cannot blame all of a sudden 
some cry out in fear and say, you know, yeah, we have been Jesus uh, for a long time. Uh, we don't believe in ghosts, but now we do. <laughs> so it's a ghost. It's a ghost. And then, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. I don't know whether you all know it or not. This is the first miracle here. Those of you who have been out there in the sea, I mean, uh, on a boat before out there, you know that when you're out there in the sea, uh, if you're trying to talk to people in another boat somewhere further, it's very hard to talk, you know. Even if, let's say, it's quite near. Because the, the wind and all that uh, will carry off your voice. You literally have to shout. Uh, it's not like here when you can talk softly or gently. Uh, but this is no ordinary times. This is where the wind was so strong, you know, it's buffeting the boat. The boat also cannot go anywhere. So it's very strong wind. All right? And then you can imagine the waves would be like, you know, sound of the wind, lapping around. And then your human voice can be heard, you know? Cannot hear one. Especially Jesus is not at the side of the boat, no. It's still quite a bit further. Even if, let's say, you know, from here to that, uh, camera there, huh? that's redoing me. And if Jesus is there and we are in the boat, and I, and Jesus tried to tell me, oh, don't be afraid, take courage, which is I. You think I can hear? I won't be able to hear. But they heard. They heard the voice of the Lord. The voice of God could carry all the way in the midst of, of all the wind and the waves and can reach the people there Clearly, take courage, don't be afraid, it is I. Then the second miracle occurred. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come on the water. Jesus also can hear him all. Jesus says, come, he said. Next slide. Then, of course, we know the rest of the story. Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, came toward Jesus. And, uh, but then when he saw the wind and the waves, he was afraid, began to sing, and then he cried, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught him, and said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Then when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. This is the next miracle. The moment both of them Climb into the boat, all of a sudden, no more wind. The wind that was torturing the boat, all of a sudden, calm. And then those in the boat were so amazed, they worshipped Jesus, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Let's pray. Father, this morning, as we come before you and come before the Son, Lord Jesus, we ask, speak to us today as you spoke to your disciples on that morning when they were exhausted, frightened, and they don't know what's going on. You say, take courage, don't be afraid. It is I. Speak to us today, Lord, because you are the same Jesus. In your name we ask, we look forward to hear from you. Amen. 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 Next slide. What do we learn from this? First of all, faith in Jesus Christ 
is not an illusion or a psychological crutch. As I said earlier, you have the so-called, actually it's, you can say it's a tragedy, or at least something that shocked the people of God, those who were looking forward to the coming of the Messiah, those who believe in the preaching of John the Baptist, that he was a righteous prophet of God. How come this righteous prophet got beheaded there? Eh? You know, Herod was an evil king. Everybody know he was not good. But then, who is winning now? The evil king. Who is in control? Evil king, not God. If God is in control, how can God allow his righteous servant lost his head, killed under such cruel, unrighteous conditions? And the behaving of John the Baptist seems to give people the idea that God is not around. At least, or if he's around, he cannot control the world. He cannot control any evil in this world. He cannot even protect his own servants. How did Jesus respond to that? Jesus responded to that not by giving a long sermon on, you know, that God is sovereign, that God is in control. Jesus responded by giving a miracle, by doing a miracle, the miracle of feeding of the 5,000. After he fed the 5,000, this is his second miracle, walk on water. You see, I always wonder, Lord, why you do one miracle after another? Some people say, you know, he wants to like doubly confirm to you that he is God, that God is still in this world. I think that is true too. But I have a, another idea. And my idea is that, you know, maybe Jesus foresee. Now, of course, in that time, everybody know it was a miracle because if you are there and you are eating the food, you sure know it's a miracle lah, because you didn't bring your lunch, ma. Uh, you didn't bring food, ma. Then you know, wow, you know. But, you know, come on, a few thousand years down the road, you read this, uh, you believe or not? Uh, maybe some people will look at it and say, actually, there was no miracle. Lah. Actually, what happened? I tell you what happened. Lah. What happened was, you see, this little boy got the lunch. Lah. Actually, other people also got lunch. But like Malaysians, lah, we don't talk one. Lah. We don't say, I also have lunch. You all keep quiet. You know, so then when uh, Jesus broke the bread and asked the disciples to hand it out, so when they hand out to this guy, of course, uh, conscience got convicted. Uh, we also got bring that. No need lah. Thank you lah. Then he come to here. Uh, we also got bring that. No need lah. Thank you. So that's why it was enough to feed so many people. In fact, some people uh, bring so much. I uh, got leftover lah. I tell you, you know, there are always people like that. Ma, kiasu, you know, afraid not enough, you know. Uh, so there was actually no miracle. It was just as everybody, most people bring their lunch, and some were willing to share. So in the end, everybody got fed. Can or not? Can my, if one boy can bring lunch, other boys cannot bring lunch, man. other parents cannot bring lunch, man. correct or not? So actually no miracle. Wow, like that, oh, no miracle. Yeah, so Jesus gave a second miracle. Uh, this one is uh, very hard to explain. Uh. Walk on water, you think like Jet Li, uh, you know, those Chinese Kung Fu ones, fly, you know, walk on water. Those days, uh, the technology not around yet, like cannot. Uh. So this one is this one very hard to explain. Okay, then very hard to explain. So for today, I think Jesus gave this second miracle, you know, to help people like us, uh, who always try to think maybe some, there's some other explanation. To make sure no other explanation. Uh, you either believe it happened or you don't believe it happened. Uh, simple as that. If you don't believe it happened, then you might as well throw out the whole Bible. Uh, whole Bible also cannot believe. Uh. But if you believe that 
there's truth in the Bible and that Jesus is God, then you have to believe that this really happened. And just now we read that Jesus compelled, insists very strongly that the disciples go take ahead of him in the boat and uh, go without him basically to the other side. Which means that Jesus intentionally planned for this miracle to happen. It wasn't an ad hoc thing. You know, or last minute, uh, uh, without for plan, Jesus planned for this miracle. Purpose, when you plan for something, you should have a purpose, right? Purpose. Think about the condition of the people in those days, especially those who are trying to live a righteous life. And then, oh, yo, John the Baptist also got killed. Oh, yo, if God don't even protect John the Baptist, we all are less righteous. We are not so righteous like John the Baptist. We cannot give our lives like John the Baptist. Then God would definitely not protect me, no? Huh? God don't even want to protect such a righteous person. God would not protect me, no? The miracle of Jesus walking on water is to show the people of God that even though we don't, cannot explain, and we don't have the explanation of why God don't, don't do certain things, why God you don't stop this evil, why God you don't deliver your servant, we, we, we don't know why. But God is still here in this world, acting and in control. He is still in charge. And that's the reason for this miracle. How did this miracle teach us? Second slide. Next slide. You see, when Jesus walked on water, he, in the minds of the disciples, at, not at that time when they were all frightened, you know, they can't think about it, but later on, they realized the significance of this miracle. And that's why this miracle of Jesus walking on water is recorded in three Gospels. But this episode of Peter uh, walking on water uh, is only recorded in Matthew. And the reason there are different gospels, gospels is because the disciples were preaching to different communities. And, but the disciples later realized that when they were trying to leave some kind of a record behind, because they know that they don't live forever, and every time they, they think of like, okay, you know, what do I need to leave behind to tell people about Jesus? All of them decided, this has to be in. Because they realized the significance of this miracle. This miracle tells you that Jesus is the God of the Old Testament. You know why? Because in the book of Psalms, when the psalmist was talking about the, 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 the greatness of God, the, the ways of God, the deeds of God, one of the things that they say about God is that your way was through the sea and your path through the mighty waters. The idea is that even though this is figurative speech, but the idea is that if there is anyone that can walk through the sea, that has charge over the sea, it is God. If you see God, you can see he has power to walk through the sea. That the sea is no obstacle where God is concerned. Because in those days, you know, yes, you have boats, but you don't have a lot of don't have mighty ships and all that. You know, the sea always represents that which is beyond human control. You know, not like an ordinary road, but the psalmist to show the greatness of God, say, God, your path is through the mighty waters. So when Jesus walked on water, this miracle is to show the disciples 
Jesus is God. Particularly the God of the Old Testament. This prerogative of walking on water is reserved only for God. Next slide. But look. Besides Jesus walking on water, this particular passage that we read this morning tells you, you can do likewise. That this same privilege is given to you. You see, Peter, when he saw Jesus walking on water, I like Peter. Some people say he got big mouth. So what? But, you know, he can do things. He does things that a lot of people don't, don't dare to do. He has a daring request. I guess he was so amazed when, when he, he, he realized, hey, Jesus, it's you? It's you, Jesus? So, you know, all of a sudden, a bright idea come to his mind. He said, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come. So come. He's one of those, I think he would love roller coasters. You know, like, oh, you know, wow, you can walk water. Oh, you know, nobody can do that. Maybe I can also. And he's almost like a child, like, you know, father, you can do that. Oh, you, oh I'm your son. Oh, I also want to do that. Oh, you can do that. I also want to do that. Uh, that kind of uh, excitement, you know, without thinking of consequences, without thinking of, are you able to? Uh, are you trained to, you know, uh, do you, you know, is your body equipped? No thoughts, just like, oh, my dad can do, I also want to try. Uh, that kind of excitement. You know, sometimes as a dad, you may tell your child, no, you cannot, lie. you're too small, lie. this one cannot, lie. too small. Uh, and then you remind them what you, why you cannot. Jesus, if you are Jesus, what you have said? This one, uh, only God can do, lie. come on. Hi. I can do is to tell you I am God. Like, who do you think you are? Huh? <laughs> Crazy. Hey, uh, asking for things beyond your understanding. Some of us, if we hear people make a silly request or a request be, you know, beyond their so-called privilege, we will say that, these people don't know their station in life. But what did Jesus say? Yeah. Uh? Come on, come on. Jesus, this one uh, reserved only for God. Uh. Peter, uh, Peter, big mouth, and then you know, next time in future, he will deny you, you know. Why you allow? Because Jesus should know the future. Why you al don't allow this kind of people to, to have this kind of privilege and honor? Uh. But Jesus say, Come. I love this, you know. I really love this. Because it tells me a lot about my God. You know, it tells me the way that my God is willing to indulge my silliness, as long as it's not sinful, of course. You know, and it's like, you know, my God loves me so much. You, you want that thrill? Give to you, lah. You know, uh, you, I know you don't know what you're asking, but give to you, lah. Let you go through, lah. Uh, or is it at the same time also a God who look at you and say, you dare to ask this like this, huh? Okay, la, give to you. La. Let you try. La. Perhaps in the request of Peter is something that touched the heart of God. I wonder, you know, like if let's say we have never sinned as human beings and we were made to be like God, perhaps we should all be able to walk on water. But you see, none of us ever have that privilege 
ever again because we sinned. We lost a lot of things that God dreamed for us. You know, if God is our father, and just imagine if we are like a father, a parent, and you think you're going to have a child, and you think about all the things that, let's say, and, and let's say, you know, you have all the resources that you want on your hand. You know, you are super rich and all that. And you can give your child anything he wants. And you think of all the beautiful and wonderful things that you can, then the opportunities that you can give to your child. And I wonder if God is like that, you know, that when he created us, he think of all the wonderful things that we can do together with him. But we lost all of that when we sinned. And then one day, there was this guy called Peter. And uh, he, without thinking about, you know, just, was, I think, I, there's no forethought. It's just that in our assignment, he said, Lord, if it's you, ask me to come, you know. And all of a sudden, it's like God is saying, yes, you can. And uh, since you ask, come. Peter was granted a privilege that belongs only to God. And the fact that Jesus said, come, shows that God approves of Peter's request. A wild request, but God approves of it. What does it tell us? What does it tell you? Have you dared to dream of what God may have in store for you? Or dare to even think about God, how you may want to fulfill your purpose through my life? Sometimes we think too small. You know, in this world, outside when you're working, they encourage you to think big. Think big about your company. Think big about your, your, your career. You know, and aim high, you know, uh, and plan and, for, and uh, for the future. But when it comes to the things of God, we sort of like, don't think, don't plan, don't aim, just show up. Showing up is good also. Lah. If you don't show up, I have no audience to preach to also very sad. Lah. So thank you for showing up. No, no problem with that. Lah. No problem with that. But um, aim a little bit higher. Uh, and say, God, you know, you made me, you created me, you love me, you saved me, and now, is there something that you want me to do? And don't just look at yourself, but look at God. Uh, sometimes, you know, if our request is uh, too, uh, it's not what God wants, you know, in time, God will tell you, oh, no, 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 no. But at least, Aim, aim for something. You know, uh, your theme is very good, dare to believe. Dare to believe that God can work through you. That God can answer your prayer. That God can use you to bring somebody to Christ. That God can use you to make a difference in somebody's life. That because of you, somebody found hope. That because of you, you deliver somebody from the path of destruction and death. Believe that you are a servant of the Lord, my friend. And that it is not just a term that, yeah, oh, because I'm a Christian, you know, so I'm a, temp, a part of the temple of the Lord. So uh, 
Sometimes all these terms uh, that we are so used to, I'm a child of God, la, ya, la, ya, la, uh, but we, we don't take the significance seriously. My friend, Peter can walk on water. Because he's Peter, man, no. Because he's what? He's just somebody who dare to say, God, Lord, if it is you, let me come. And Jesus say, come. Come. There are 11 other people on that boat. We don't hear about them because they didn't do anything. But you know, when I read this passage of scripture, I don't only see Peter, I see the 11 that is not mentioned. They are there, you know. Huh? We all know they are there, isn't it? They are on the boat. They, I don't know what happened, you know, like when Jesus started, uh, Peter started to walk on the water, uh, they may say, crazy, are you crazy? Are you stupid person? You drown? Maybe. Or some are so shocked until they, but you see, at this point in time, when, when Peter walked out there, the storm was still like raging, huh? okay? All right, the, the waves haven't subsided down. Huh? So the, what was the 11 doing? The 11 was, uh, those of you who have been out there on some, some stormy sea, uh, you, you know that if you are not in, unless you are in those uh, big liner, cruise liner, you know, uh, that one maybe not so bad. Lah. I was in Australia 18 years ago in the late 1980s. And uh, I was uh, in Brisbane. Then one day, some people say, Hey, we, you want to watch whales? Real whales, you know, not on TV one. I said, Sure, 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 sure. Oh, we can travel to the coast. And, uh, you know, there's a uh, whale watching. So, you know, they book, it's a tour, tourist thing. Uh, you book the, the, the thing. So then on that day, you know, uh, so we, we started the journey. And it was drizzling, very, very light rain, you know. Uh, those of you who in uh, other parts of the world, you know, very, very, very light rain. So we were thinking, ayo, raining or oh, how uh, good to go out on the sea. Then someone was saying, don't worry, la. by the time you go there, uh, more than an hour later, uh, the rain will have stopped. Oh, okay, la. so we drive all the way there. So we reached the seaside. It was still drizzling, but very light tonight. So we were a bit concerned, so we asked the, the people who were in charge of that, that tour and say, uh, safe to go out or not? Huh? They say, oh, sure, sure, sure. Of course, like, if not, they have to give you back the money, you know, because you have to pay in advance. Oh, hey, don't worry, don't worry, sure, sure, sure. So we go, so they were, uh, that, uh, you know, we have uh, about five or six people, then there were other people. So altogether, about 20 over people, all right? So we right, go up the boat. The boat is what you call a catamaran. All right, ah, catamaran, quite wide, but you know, it's still a boat, okay, it's still a boat. And so, it started to go out, you know, and that day, if you look up into the sea, is because there's a light drizzle, so there was a light breeze, and uh, the waves were like, not, not, not anything to worry about, it's just that, it's not the calm thing, lah, it's just that, you know, because there were, so... Go there, out there, and then, uh, you know, the people in charge were using binoculars to see where the whales, mm, got waves there. So once you see, a, they see the whale, uh, they will press on the accelerator, you know, because you have chased the whale. Man. All right. When they press the accelerator, that's when the journey begins. It goes, boom, 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 boom. The catamaran go like that because they were, you know, the waves were already 
a bit, you know, choppy. Then when you go fast, I go. So in the beginning, the 20 people or so were like just trying to hang on to something, you know. If not, you don't want to get thrown into the sea. And when we went there, the waves that day didn't want to wait for us. Oh, the waves were not there. Oh, then look again. Ah, there. Oh, yeah. About 10 to 15 minutes later, people were like, oh, 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 vomiting at the side. Uh, and then some were, cannot take it anymore, uh, were holding on and lying down on the floor. Because your stomach uh, is like, ah. So, wow. And then about 10 minutes later, people said, can we go home? No need to see her. We don't want to see her. Go home. But those guys, I think they don't want to give you refund or what. They want to make sure they finish the, the, the length of time. To, no, no, no. Come on. Ah, there, there, there. I'll go there. <laughs> At the end, nobody was standing except the people who were driving the boat. <clears throat> After the experience, uh, when I read this, uh, my eyes uh, and uh, interpretation all different, I'll tell you. Ah, when I can imagine the 11 people... Uh, the disciples who were there on the boat, uh, they are still holding on with dear life. Uh. I, think, I don't think they are vomiting uh, because they should be used to it. Uh. But I tell you, if they don't hold on, uh, they will have fallen into the sea. And they were all still like, oh, what's happening? Uh, uh, well, Peter was walking on water. You want to be Peter who walked not very certain on the water, or do you want to be one of the 11 holding on to the boat for their life and experiencing nothing but fear and frustration? Same time, same place, same experience, but different outcome. We can walk on stormy seas but we have to choose to believe. Choose to want to say, God, can I come? If it is you, let me come. Do we want this privilege? Or we just want to stay safe in the book? Next slide. Then come to the not-so-good part. Um, it says that Peter was walking, walking. Then all of a sudden, he got afraid and he began to sink. Um, it's like everything so well, you know. That this part spoils everything. Uh. I, I guess you cannot blame Peter. Uh. You know, he, he was there and he was like, the first few steps was, Ayo, really, Gaia, I don't know, I'm walking. <laughs> then all of a sudden, he's like, <sighs> maybe, you know, a wave all of a sudden come up and blah, slap him on his face and he was all wet. Then he realized, I'm in the open sea, what am I doing? I must be crazy. And then he said, Lord, save me. Ah, this one, another miracle, I don't know whether you'll see or not. You see, ah, uh, this is not level ground, not like here, I stand here, somebody stand here, then I say, Lord, save me. You know, it's not like that. On the open sea, you know, the wave will be going up and down. You know? Uh, Jesus, even if Jesus, let's say, uh, is standing where this brother is standing, uh, and I'm Peter, I'm walking towards him, he can go up and go down, I also can go up and go down. Uh. 
true or not, because of the waves, if you are surfing on the waves, and let's say, you know, I, I, when you are, you see, when you are sinking, the natural response, you try to catch something, is that? You want to catch something, but you cannot, because there's nothing to catch. Ah, Jesus save me! And then it says that immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. From there to here, so fast can catch one. You know, I think, you know, those of you who see that old, old movie, Fantastic Four, one, uh, I know a long time. You know, one of the guys got elastic arms, one. <laughs> I always wonder, Jesus, you got that maybe elastic arm. <laughs> Don't worry, I can catch you. How far, so? Don't worry, right at the corner, so I can catch you. If not, uh, how you move so fast? Uh? Huh? How you move so fast? Huh? That's why either Jesus got elastic arm or he can move so fast. One instant he's here, the very next second he's right beside you. Yeah, it has to be a miracle. Because, like I say, this is not hard ground. You know? Let's say, oh, I'm very good, I quickly run to him. You cannot, you know, water, how to run? Uh? When our faith fails, because just now I said, dare to believe. Man. Sometimes we dare to believe, but you know, at that moment, you know, oh, I trust God. Now I'm going to do this for God. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to walk with God. Then all of a sudden, I are halfway, uh, or just starting, uh, I or something happened, then all the courage gone. All, right? all the good intentions are like, I cannot sustain anymore. You know, I know I, I tried to believe, you know, but you know, then I didn't expect this, you know, that, oh. Jesus is there to catch you when your faith fails. I don't know whether he got elastic arms or he can move like lightning, but he will be able to catch you when you fall. That is the assurance that Jesus gave to us. Those of you who are thinking, you know, uh-huh, should I believe? Should I trust God? Should I do this for God? I know God is speaking to me, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so not sure, you know. What, what if it doesn't work out? It's okay. Jesus can be there to help you and catch you when you fall. When your moments of great faith become little faith, He is able to catch you when you fall. He won't allow you to sink. He won't allow you to sink. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, save me. Next slide. This is the part that many of us, uh, in fact, many commentators in the Bible also say that, oh, you know, Jesus uh, rebuked Peter because Jesus said to Peter, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Um, when I look at this, I always ask, is it a reproof or, an, or a rebuke? Because Peter don't have faith, and so now Jesus is rebuking him. After saving him, Jesus is saying, you of little faith, why did you doubt? You know. Um, I now give, put you through a movie, my movie, like I'm the director. Okay. Your husband and wife. Who is the husband and wife? Husband and wife. Uh, husband and wife, huh? Okay, husband and wife. All right. So the husband is Jesus. 
the wife is bitter. All right. So remember, this is stormy sea still. Ah, uh, the storm haven't. You know, the waves is still like oh. So the wife catch hold of your husband. You are you are bitter. Huh? you yeah. Come on, do it, do it. Catch hold. And your husband must catch hold of Peter. Right? The husband also must catch hold of him. Okay. Now, in order to catch hold of one another, how close must you be? You have to be pretty close, isn't it? And then furthermore, this is, you know, when a man drowning, you know, when people drown, they get panic, you know, when they panic, you try to save them, they grab hold with you with all their strength for their life because you are their support, you know, to keep them from sinking. So, it is going to be very close embrace. True or not? It's not going to be like, it's not going to be that kind of a catch. It has to be like, oh, you know, oh, I, I, I cling on to you, that kind of thing. At least Peter will be definitely trying to cling, cling on to Jesus. Correct or not? Very close. Today we will say that, man, you cannot be so close. Okay? But it's going to be very close physical contact. And then Jesus said to Peter as they were on that water, and Peter was clinging to Jesus with dear life. And Jesus says, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Or do you think Jesus was saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Sometimes we have to ask ourselves, what kind of emotion that was Jesus use, you know, uh, using or feeling when he talked to Peter like that? Um, a, a God who tells you, you want to come, come. Come. A God who grants you the privilege of doing something that only God can do and say, you want to come, come. And then he see you fall. And he see you cry for help. And he grab hold of you. And then he get angry with you. And say, you of little faith, why do you doubt? Or he look at Peter in his eyes and say, I owe you of little faith. Why did you doubt? Like a father or a mother would look at the child and say, you don't trust mommy, ah? you don't trust daddy. Ah? Huh? Daddy is here, ma. why are you scared? I'm here, why are you scared? Why are you so scared? Why you don't believe? It's not a rebuke. It's more of like, like this also don't believe. Huh? I'm here. Ma. Why did you not believe? Why did you doubt? You see, many of us, we are like Peter. Sometimes we have great faith. We dare to believe, you know, God for big things. But then we get splashed on the face by something and we get overwhelmed and we get reminded that, oh, you, this thing is too big for me. La. You know, I am under a situation that I cannot control. La. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. You know. I'm sinking, I'm sinking, I'm sinking. And, and our faith becomes zero. And all that we believe about Jesus, all of a sudden get wiped out clean. This episode is to remind every person who have dared to believe in God or who wants to try to dare to believe in God to assure you that some of you will be like Peter. You start off okay, then all of a sudden, you know, it gets a bit too overwhelming and then you start to sing. Jesus can not only just catch you when you fall, 
but that Jesus will be there to reassure you and say, don't be afraid. I will be here. I will be here. You see, I always ask another question. This, this experience of Peter being so-called told by Jesus, oh, you have little faith. Why did you not believe? Why did you doubt? They are out there on the open sea, right? The 11 people are in the boat. Do you think they could have heard this conversation? They wouldn't have heard. It's Peter and Jesus closely talking to one another. Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And then with the sea and the sound of the waves, the 11 people in the boat, even though no matter how near, even though let's say they are at the drum set there, they won't be able to hear. Then how did Matthew record this? The only question, the only answer is, Peter told them. And when Peter tell them, and then Matthew retell this story to every person who believes in Jesus, was it to shame Peter to say, you see, uh, Peter, lousy, I tell you, uh, they to believe uh, in the end, uh, no faith, uh, God rebuked by Jesus. Uh. Is that the purpose of telling the story? No. The purpose of Peter telling it to the disciples and the purpose of Matthew in recording it for every person who believes in Jesus Christ is to let us know that to encourage us to be like Peter, there to believe. And if you fail, if your faith falters, it's okay. Jesus is there to catch us when we fall. And therefore, in conclusion, let's say this. If Jesus is not an illusion or a psychological crush, What is Jesus to you? Most of us will say, oh, we have accepted Jesus as God. Very good. Now that we have accepted Jesus as God, do you want to be one of the 11 that remains in the boat and that will never experience ever again the privilege of walking on water? You know, today there are some people who say that so-and-so great uh, pastor evangelist in Africa, usually it's in Africa one, I don't know why, why not in Malaysia, uh, uh, walk on water. I don't know, la. I don't know. La. Uh, sorry, la. I'm a bit skeptical, you know, so I, I cannot quite believe. Huh? Uh, because I always wonder, why would God want to give you that miracle? It doesn't serve any purpose. Uh, uh, just to show you are better than Jet Li, no. La, huh? uh, but on the other hand, uh, Peter having walked on water is to tell all of us that sometimes things that we think really is impossible. Impossible. But if God speaks to your heart and it is something that, you know, he has been confirming, confirming, you need to take a step of faith and step out of the boat and join Jesus in what he's doing Jesus wanted the disciples to know he is truly the Son of God. That's how this episode ends. The disciples say, truly, you are the Son of God. It's not just only a verbal acknowledgement. It is an acknowledgement of life. You are the Son of God. Then what does it mean? 
for me as a person? How do I live my life as a worshipper of the Son of God? Let's arise as we pray today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want each of us, whether we are online or here in the service, to just let God speak to our hearts because I can sense God is here today. Yeah. That each of us, we have walked with God. Some of us, not too certain what that means. Some of us, very clear on its significance. But for many, it has come to a point where I believe in Jesus, I'm a Christian, and that's it. But friends, today, we are reminded that Jesus wants more for us. He wants us to walk with Him on the water. To dare to believe Him that He can enable us to do things that is beyond our imagination. That we can really be people that are instruments in the divine hand of God to achieve that which His heart desires as we draw near to the end of times that Jesus is coming back. Each of us need to come to God and say, God, help me to know what you want for me in my life. In my everyday living, how can I serve you? How can I be a person that you can use to touch somebody's heart? And for some of us today, perhaps God is calling you to serve Him full time. Calling you to be part of the laborers that are working in the harvest field and you, you, you are hesitant and you are unsure. Seek God. Hear from God. And take courage and step out of the boat.